Hey there, Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. Propane, it's clean, efficient fuel produced right here in the United States. Schedule your propane service with a friend. Lakes Gas, a family-owned provider serving the upper Midwest for more than 60 years. 54 convenient locations in Minnesota and Wisconsin. Now with offices in North Dakota and South Dakota, too. Lakes Gas employees live in the communities they serve, so you can expect personalized service from professionals. Oh, and the Lakes Gas offers competitive pricing without all the extras that tend to drive up fuel prices. Safe, dependable service. Lakes Gas, the right choice for your home, business, or farm. Visit lakesgas.com and join the family. The air hangs heavy with moisture. Sunup is still more than an hour away, and pre-dawn is night's darkest moment. We've got bright stars above and a definite chill down on the ground. The woods sit completely silent. The smell of a fresh pot of coffee perks us up. Groggy hunters slowly come to life, and we start to gear up to get ready to go hunting the first morning of deer season. It's what keeps guys like Jared Wirth almost dizzy all year long. Today, the tale behind Jared's hunting passion, plus a few lessons we've learned from our friendship. Stories from the Wirth Deer Camp today. I'm Bill Shirk. I fish, I hunt, I camp. And I tell stories. Welcome to the Minnesota Bound Podcast, the stories behind the stories. Jared, thanks for joining us today. It is the first week of gun deer camp, and normally you'd still be in camp, but you bugged out early. Can I ask where exactly you are right now? Oh, that's a good question. I actually am downtown Las Vegas on the Las Vegas strip with my oldest son, Chase for his 21st birthday. And I literally got a picture from you 10 minutes ago, sitting at a table at the Bellagio. And that is true. Yep. We, uh, him and I are uh, sitting at the same table right now. And uh, if you look at that picture, that's him with the curly hair on the other side of the table, getting his butt kicked by his dad. I so. was going to say his pile of chips looks awfully small. Uh, uh yep. So how, how does that work? We're literally just a couple days removed from the gun deer opener here in Minnesota. How do you get from camp to Las Vegas? Oh man. Uh, well, as you know, with kids that, uh, special moments happen and he turned 21 the Friday before deer hunting opener. And, uh, that, you know, similar to like your intro, the energy was through the roof. Um, he, came to camp, you know, the excited as I'll get up to hopefully get, get a deer uh, for his birthday. And, um, knowing that that following Monday, we were leaving for Las Vegas for three days. So it's been, uh, it's been a little bit of a whirlwind, you know, uh, from the Minnesota woods of bundling up and, and trying to stay warm to t-shirt and shorts in Las Vegas. Well, I'm coming back as you. Because engineer Brandon and I are stuck here in the world headquarters of the Minnesota Bound podcast, which is the conference room. I've got a paper cup with some lukewarm day old coffee in it. So one of us is living the dream. 
and the other is just working. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. So every now and then a, a guy gets to go out and have a little fun. Uh, a, a lot of times it's a lot of work for me too, but I appreciate you having me on and um, sorry about your day old coffee. You, uh, you know, you brew a fresh pot, Bill. You could brew, get a fresh pot going. I could. So let's go back in time a little bit. So um, you and your father became good friends of the Shirk family because I met your dad back in 2013. I went to a cafe, sat with this stranger. He ordered pancakes with strawberries and whipped cream on top and started talking about the Worth family's love of building homes. And after interviewing or hanging out with a bunch of builders, like five minutes in, I realized that you guys were going to build our house, which you did. It hasn't fallen over yet, 10 years later. And we've been buddies ever since. Uh, The bond is special. But throughout that entire chapter, you've talked about deer hunting. Like, where does that passion come from for you? You know, I don't know. As we all uh, probably know, we're instilled with different uh, things that family values, stuff like that. The one constant since I've known you is your passion for deer hunting. Where where does that come from? I'd say a lot of it comes from, you know, um, the people that you surround yourself with. A lot of family members that are passionate deer hunters, constantly trying to grow and learn more about deer, the habitat they live in and trying to produce the the best hunting land possible for ourselves and our families. And, uh, just something where it seems like once a week I'm clicking on a YouTube video from somebody that is talking about different ways to cultivate your land to get it so that, uh, you can keep the deer there year round and start shooting bigger deer, more healthy deer, things like that. So, so are you hunting to harvest meat or are you looking for the biggest buck you can find? Like what's, what's your mindset? So for me, um, I want to harvest healthy deer and, but I also, yeah, I, I've kind of the mindset if I'm going to shoot something with horns, I want it to be, I want it to be a three-year-old deer or older. Um, but if I'm looking for strictly meat, I, I definitely would like to take a, a doe or, um, so it's kind of a combination. It's kind of where we're at, what we need in our freezer. My biggest thing is I don't want to harvest an animal and not use the meat to its fullest use and potential. Mm. Do you remember the first deer you harvested? Yeah, it was that story that I, I talk about when I was 13. I, uh, I literally went out in our backyard in Rogers, Minnesota and hung a stand and ended up getting it. My dad always talked about, it. he goes, if you get a stand, go put it up. He goes, climb right in it. He goes, deer, they get curious. And, uh, that you never know one might come in and sure enough, that's exactly what happened. I had a nice doe come in and ended up, um, 
shooting her at about 20 yards. So it was great. And you climb out of that stand and what's, what's going through your head? What's going through your mind? Well, if I had to be a hundred percent honest, I, I had some tears in my eyes, you know, it was a, it was a big deal. It was a big moment, sadness, excitement, you know, all the feelings, um, said a little prayer and like, you know, it's like, it's, it's something you don't take lightly. I mean, you are taking life and, but at the end, you know, you give thanks and, and I was excited the, 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 I was really happy that it was a clean hit. Um, and there was no suffering and that to me, that goes a long way. That's important to me. I will pass on a lot of, uh, animals if the shot's not right. Yeah. So, and, and you've kind of dedicated a fair amount since that time to deer. What is it for you compared to whatever, take your pick walleye fishing or ice fishing or whatever it might be. Yeah. I mean, uh, 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 well, as you know, once you get a family, kids in hockey and this and that and other things, you, uh, you, you got to kind of pick and choose your, your passions. Um, I'd love to do everything. I'd love to do more turkey hunting. I'd love to do more walleye fishing, bass fishing, ice fishing, all that stuff, spending time with the buddies, spending time with the family, but you got to pick and choose your time that you're going to be away. And, um, for me, it's a big game. If it's not whitetail hunting, um, as you did a podcast a while back on our elk camp out in Montana, um, you know, it's big game is just, I don't know. It's a, it gets the heart race and just a little extra than all the rest. And I think that's why my passion lies there. And maybe you guys experienced a little bit of that on the youth hunt. You know, you start to see to get this, you know, it's tons of boring waiting, nothing happening. And then, Oh my gosh, when it happens, it it's beyond exciting. All right. So I want to talk about that because most folks know I do a lot of things outdoors, but I did not grow up in a deer hunting family. So I am, by all accounts, a rookie. Um, And for years, you guys have said, gosh, you should come up to the Worth Camp. We finally made it happen. And it was a pretty special weekend. So I want to talk about that. But first, we need to thank a few of the sponsors who make the Minnesota Bound podcast happen. Up first, Connecticut. You know, fall is here. We've been back to the cabin to rake the leaves and pull out the dock, and now it is hunting season, and that means Connecticut water in the woods. Last summer, we were lucky enough to add Connecticut water at the cabin, and what a difference. For as long as I can remember, we've dealt with that stinky, foul well water. But after a painless four-hour installation, we had Connecticut soft water, and also Connecticut's K5 drinking system. No more bottled water to try and make that early morning coffee. Great drinking water right out of the K5 tap. Our laundry no longer smells funky, and Connecticut water cleaned up the showers and our dishes. The world's most efficient, worry-free water system. Visit Connecticut.com to find a dealer near you and join the Connecticut family. Also, a big shout out to Heat Hog. Heat Hog, the hottest name in portable propane heaters. More reliable, wider heat area, and packed with features for hunting, camping, fishing, 
tailgating, workshops, and job sites. Tired of melted ice at your feet in your pop-up ice shelter? Heatog is the only heater with adjustable tilt that sends the heat exactly where you want it. Heat your body, not just your feet. You want more features? Heatog keeps your fuel warm for longer runtime per tank. Plus, these portable units blast heat to a 33% wider area than the competition. With three different models to choose from, there is a heat hog just the right size for you to get easy-to-use, portable, reliable heat. Stay warmer, longer with heat hog. Visit heathog.com and order one today with free shipping. Heat hog, the only one that tilts. And we'd also like to thank the Minnesota Propane Association. This message is brought to you by the Minnesota Propane Association. Clean, affordable, reliable energy. These are all the things that people want for their homes and businesses. The one source of energy in Minnesota that can offer all of these benefits is propane. Clean. Propane produces 43% fewer emissions than the equivalent amount of the electricity generated from the U.S. grid. Affordable. According to the U.S. Department of Energy, propane costs approximately 30% less than electricity in the U.S. The savings in Minnesota can even be higher. Reliable. Propane is energy stored on site, independent of the grid. Propane can power your home or business anytime you need it. Energy. Propane is a direct energy source used at your home or business, unlike electricity, which is produced somewhere away from your home. By the time electricity gets to your home, 66% of the energy used to produce it is lost. That is why propane is approximately three times more efficient than electricity. Propane, the right energy right now. For more information on what propane can do for you and the environment, go to propane.com. All right, Jared Wirth is our guest today. Jared and I have been buddies ever since he and his father, um, built our wonderful home. You also have been a bit of a mentor on the deer hunting side of things. Turkeys, I know. Grouse, woodcock, pheasants, I know. Deer, I just don't know. I didn't grow up in that family. And you guys have always said, you need to come to our deer camp. And this year, we finally got it on the calendar after years and years. But Here's what blows me away about what happened. You and your dad are so serious and so dedicated to, to deer hunting and, and, and your camp and your property. And you just said, we're going to open it up to a bunch of kids. Like, how does that happen? Well, I mean, you start to realize how special it is and then you realize like how much you want to share it with future generations and the people that that you love and that they're gonna enjoy it you just know i mean i I know you well enough and i've seen how much your passion's growing for turkey hunting as one and i'm like oh wait till he gets out and does some deer hunting and has it a moment all i i literally prayed that that you would see a big buck and it happened. Uh, you guys, it sounds like you guys, you and Brady saw a really nice, uh, buck and some does come ripping through the food plot. And, um, it, it, it's just those moments. That's what you dream of. I mean, honestly, it, sharing that because, you know, someday our kids are going to have kids and you hope they're 
passing it on to that generation and the next generation and so on and so forth. Talk about who was there for the opener, the youth opener. For the youth opener, um, it was my youngest son, Kanan, who's 10 years old. My other son, Cole Worth, who is 17. Um, my really good friend, Lucas Geed and his daughter, Adrian, who are my neighbors. And then uh, yourself, your two boys, Brady and Bennett, my dad, uh, Bill Worth. And the premise of your youth camp was what? Because I think this is important to the DNA of this story. Number one, to teach safety and, you know, proper management of firearms, but also to mentor and, you know, take the knowledge and, you know, the things we think we know <laughs> um, and start instilling those values into these youth who are really excited about hunting. As you saw, like Lucas's daughter, Adrian, she... Um, she's very passionate about hunting. Uh, their family owns some land out in Lewistown, Montana, and she, she just loves it. Uh, she's hooked has been for a while. Uh, I shared pictures with you. Her mom just shot a beautiful bull elk with her bow at 17 yards this September. And, you know, so Adrian's around that hunting family, kind of like we were just talking about. And, um, Canaan also like the, the kids, they're just excited about it and trying to also navigate what that means to sit out there, sit still, um, have a little patience and hope that they get some action at the same time. Yeah. Not just them, but the guides as well. I mean, y you went out and you were a guide to two, not just one. That is true. I, uh, I'm very honored and thankful that you allowed me to, to hunt with Bennett. Um, you know, that's not something I take lightly at all because obviously there's, uh, you know, guns involved and lots of things, lots of mentoring, but him and Kanan in the box stand, um, AKA the nipple that they named it. Yep. And you could just see, I mean, they played some cards to keep themselves busy when it wasn't prime time as they called it but the highlight as i as i even mentioned to you was talking to my dad after he took bennett out hunting um the day before and, uh, and i'm like hey how much was he paying attention like when he's hunting because you know he's kind of looking around or whatever yeah, but when i took old. him and canaan out bennett literally told canaan like i don't want to play cards or no i want to watch and i could just see he had this spark and, you know, as we know, he got a deer the day before, but his alertness, awareness to the surroundings, wanting to see animals, you could just see that something changed in him. And it, it was the highlight of my, of the entire hunt is just, that's, that's the passion. That's the passion that I have is I know that there's so many times that you're going to go out there and you might not see nothing and it's going to be boring and but at the, you're living for those moments when it is going to happen. And, you know, all hell could break loose at any moment, basically. So, so that, and, and that's an important lesson that you guys taught me. You have to pay attention to the entire range of legal shooting hours. 
Because I made a comment the day before the hunt and said, oh, we might pull out of the stand, you know, if whatever. Legal shooting hours ends at 6.52. We might pull out about 6.45. And you guys said, don't even think about it because the best stuff tends to happen in the last couple of minutes. And sure enough, that is exactly, exactly what happened really for everyone. Have you... have you moved away from Vegas to the drag strip? You would think so. I mean, I'm starting to realize that gas is a lot cheaper in Vegas for people than it is uh, for me in Minnesota. So I don't know. I'm I'm tucked in an alley, like on the side of the Bellagio. They're probably watching me on camera going, what the hell is this guy doing in between two garbage cans, hiding out, trying to keep the wind out of my phone, <laughs> trying to keep the noise down and all that, and yet still – you would think, you know, well, Formula One's coming here next week. So the price of rooms go from, you know, a couple hundred dollars a night to $5,000 a night. So uh, I think everybody's getting their motors ready. Unbelievable. Uh, all right. So let's go back. Opening night, kids go out and we head to all these stands on your property and all of your stands have nicknames. Can you name them? Yeah. Yo. Yeah. So we have uh, the queen seat, which is, that is the most treasured stand of them all, as you saw, as that is where you guys saw that big buck. Um, it has produced m- more big deer sightings than any of the other stands. It is on a very simple, small wood line and a big oak tree. Um, it, most people would not even realize like that it's that great of a spot unless you sit there long enough. Um, it's it's got a, we put a food plot in and then it's got a big swamp to the East of it that they come out of. Um, then you got the ground blind, uh, over on that East 40. Um, we have the nipple that we talked about. That's a new box stand that we moved from the East 40 over to that, uh, to the north there which we have a which, ladder stand hold on we got to go back to the nipple because it used okay. to be called the north stand right it was the north stand and then the kids <laughs> the kids named it the nipple uh because it's on the top of a hill and it looks like a nipple on the top of the hill is what they said Stick so it up. How do you- that wasn't uh that wasn't any of the adults naming <laughs> that that was actually our uh our young ones so <laughs> all right so we've got the nipple Yep, we got the nipple. We got a ladder stand to the north of the nipple. That's more for archery hunting. And then we have the west box stand. Um, we My also have one last favorite. stand that you might not have seen. It's in a. It's our uh, big pine tree stand, the big pine stand, we call it. And then over at my 40, I have what's called the slingshot stand. It's a big uh, oak tree that has a big limb comes off. It looks like a slingshot. Built a permanent stand in that one. I have the... The um, oak stand, a small food plot kind of up by the road. And then I have the mosquito stand because when we put it up with another fellow homeowner, uh, it, literally the mosquitoes pick you up and carry you out of there. And then I have the deep stand. And then I have a double ladder stand called the uh, South Swamp. So, See, and I think, I think those names become beloved, right? Because you make memories in each of those stands. We were just there for a couple of days, but the West box, I have my permanent memories there. The queen box, I have my permanent memories there and they will never go away. Right. 
They're just right. special areas. So don't you dare cut those well, trees down. Well, ever. and I think for you, how fun, like may have, you know, you guys had some success in the West box stand, but the fun part is my dad took the initiative to start writing on the wall what's been shot out of that stand and that started in uh, like i think 2010 so 13 years of of data collected per se and uh you get to it it, it gives me goosebumps because my daughter luca and i sat in there over rifle opener uh, this last weekend and i was just looking at the names and what's happened out of there and knowing that there's a bunch that happened that isn't on that wall and it Every time it keeps me optimistic and focused on looking for movement and that, again, anything can happen at any moment. Yeah, that's the fun of the game. All right. Talk about a few of the other traditions of your camp. Um, Big tradition. Come up Friday night. We'd love to uh, have a cocktail and sit around and talk a little trash about who's going to shoot the biggest deer and what stands we're going to sit in, what time we're going to get up. And as you know, with my dad, he's, he's definitely good at uh, preparing. So he's getting coffee ready for the, you know, the on Saturday, it's usually about 6 a.m. that we're getting up. And then Sunday, we got to get up by 5 a.m. because of the daylight savings. And, uh, you know, there's just that that excitement in there. I mean, you could cut it with a knife. It's so thick. Then, um, yeah, I mean, I... I I think that's the biggest thing is just getting the family together in those moments. Now this year, my sister, Jessica came up. She doesn't always uh, join us for opening weekend. She'll bop in, you know, maybe second weekend or just from uh, periodically, but she's, I think she got a really good feel for that excitement and one, how serious we take it, but two, how coveted this time is amongst our family and especially fellow hunters. Until you so. get the opportunity to go to Las Vegas, of course. <laughs> no comment. All right. But, but you have to explain to us what happened this past weekend on the gun deer opener. Uh, well, my trash talk prevailed. I, um, I went out. And I did miss one stand, and I can't believe it. It's over on my 40, and that is my ridge stand. And that is, I, I gave Chase because it was his 20's first birthday. I said, you can pick any stand you want to sit in, and he chose the deep stand. Um, Cole decided to go sit in the queen seat opening morning, and I sat in the ridge stand. And sitting, sitting... I actually kicked up a deer, so it was really crunchy when you're walking out in the woods. It was about 20 degrees out, so the leaves were very crisp from the moisture that was on them the day before, and it was they were noisy. And as I'm walking in, I can hear a deer coming, so I stop, and it gets probably about 20 yards from me, but I can't see it. It's black in the woods. I, I All I do is spin my feet so I can at least get ready to shoot when it does get light out, and it ran off. That was the only deer that I saw at that moment. I get in the ridge stand and I sat and I sat and I sat about, I think it was nine 30. Um, I was thinking about getting down, maybe switching spots. And, um, all of a sudden I heard crunch, crunch, crunch. And I'm like, huh? So I pulled out my grunt call and I threw out a couple grunts just to see if, uh, there's a deer in the area and what might happen. And, 
lo and behold, next thing you know, I hear brup, 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 and it comes a little faster, coming a little faster. Of course, my heart's racing out of my chest. Um, and to the east of me, here comes this really nice buck, and he is down at the bottom of the ridge and turns and comes up and presents a broadside shot at 40 yards. And, yeah, it, uh, it was a very amazing situation clean kill um and i was the first one hanging a big buck from uh from the hanging pole so i got a nice photo in my phone not too long after what was the size of that thing that's probably like a 225 pound eight pointer um you know we'll we'll talk measurements of horns you know when it comes to bucks and he was probably somewhere in that 130 to 140 range for size so not a super giant but very respectful you're not gonna let him walk by i mean we hunt in an area that you know if we had more land and we're able to manage a little harder we might let deer like that walk and just see how big they could get but we don't have that opportunity um our neighbors want to harvest deer which we absolutely love and you just don't know if he's going to walk by you and go to them and they get him. So it was a, it was a great deer, very blessed, very thankful. So. Well, the pictures are wonderful. And what's amazing is we can be up there two weeks before and you see a bunch of deer moving around. We harvested a few during the youth season but that's okay. It doesn't impact the land or the landscape. A couple of weeks later, you can be in there and there are deer all over. That's kind of an amazing part of the hunting season, at least for me. No, I'd agree. I, um, we talked about that actually Friday night. Curious what we might see because obviously we did – go out and exhaust a lot of the stands and had, you know, people walking back and forth. And that stuff does matter. You're walking into their home with stinky boots and, you know, all the, all the different things, all the human scent. Um, but in that scenario, like you said, we, we saw collectively over 30 deer opening morning and evening combined between all the parties that went on hunting. So I think my dad saw around 10 deer. He had four different bucks that he was eyeing up. They just weren't quite what he's looking for. And he saw a bunch of does. And so everybody saw deer and it just goes to show exactly to your point. Like as long as you hunt them smart and play the wind and do the right things, you're going to see deer if you're in a good area. All right. We need to take another break. Uh, and thank a few sponsors. But when we come back, I want you to give away a few of your best hunting secrets. Are you willing to share? Oh, I don't know. If you, yeah, I will. Absolutely. <laughs> Just because you guys are tactical about how you hunt. And so many people who deer hunt in this world are kind of casual. We've run into a lot of them and it's, the response of, oh, yeah, I've been out for a couple of years, haven't really seen anything, but we do our, I think some of your ideas might help people. Deal? Deal. Awesome. All right. Jared Worth is my guest today. I'm Bill Shirk, and you're listening to the Minnesota Bound Podcast, the stories behind the stories. We have 
so many sponsors who help us get to you every week. Up first, I want to thank our good friends at North Dakota Tourism, right? We are talking fall hunts. Right now, we are in the woods and on the prairie, and we are chasing big game, and we are all also chasing birds. North Dakota, guess what? Here we come. The most recent bird counts out of North Dakota are just in. Biologists report the total number of pheasants observed this year, 65 birds per 100 miles of roadway. That number is up 61% from last year. And broods, 7.5 per 100 miles. That number is up 70%. That means world-class upland hunting. On the waterfowl side, 2023 was one of the wettest springs on record. That means an estimated 3.4 million breeding ducks. That number is also up from last year. Add to that North Dakota's PLOTS program, which includes 800,000 acres of private land open to public, walk-in hunting, and you have your spot just waiting for the perfect fall hunt. Make memories and hunt North Dakota. Plan your adventure just like we do at HelloND. Com. We also want to thank Star Bank. Hi, everybody. Ron Shera here again with another nifty story, this one about my favorite bank, the story of Star Bank. There's 10 of them in Minnesota, but here's where the plot thickens. A Star Bank is more than money. A Star Bank cares, cares about its customers, cares about the community, whether it's town parades or the kids' baseball team. Why? Because Star Banks are locally owned. They treat you right. Quite a tale, wouldn't you say? How do I know? Because Star Bank is also our bank at Ron Share Productions. Just another story with a happy ending. Star Bank, the bank that cares. Member FDIC. To learn more online, go to star.bank. And we appreciate the support of Grain Belt Beer. A toast to the hunters from your friends at Grain Belt. May the mornings be clear and the fresh air be crisp. May you find solace in the silence. May the stillness settle your soul. May your long shot stay true. May your heart roam free. May you find what you seek in the fields you stock. May your call to the wild be answered. And at the end of the day, may you share in the thrill of the hunt with your friends. So here's to the eight pointers and the 12 ounces. Here's to you and to your thirst for adventure. Bring Grain Belt to the outdoors with our limited edition premium hunting season pack. This season, enter to win a hunting trip for two to Brown's Hunting Lodge, wherever you can find premium 12 and 24-pack cans. For more information, visit our website at grainbelt.com forward slash hunting dash trip. Okay. Jared Worth is one of the best darn deer hunters I know, which makes perfect sense that on the week of the Minnesota Gun Deer opener, he finds himself hiding behind a dumpster behind the Bellagio in Las Vegas you're celebrating your son's 21st birthday, which is awesome because you ditched out of deer camp, grabbed a shower, packed a duffel bag, hopped a plane, and flew west. Are you done for the year, or will you be back in a stand at some point? Uh, we catch a flight Thursday night and uh, planning on being back in my stand on Friday around noon. Um, I'll be bopping in and out next weekend. Uh, in Minnesota, you can party hunt. So technically I could shoot some more deer. I also have a bonus doe tag. Um, so we'll just, we'll just see. I, my, my 
goal now is to make sure the kids get out, get in good spots. If they want to sit with me, I would love to have a sit with them. I, I cherish those moments. So like my son Cole, you know, 17 now, we've been sitting together since he was 10. Um, he actually did not get his gun safety training done until he was 16. And he recently told me is cause he didn't want to stop hunting with me and talk about a tearjerker moment. Wow. Um, what a great yeah. answer. And he actually, and he actually asked me like, do you think maybe we could sit together this upcoming weekend? I'm like, heck yeah, we can absolutely would love nothing more. And that is I'm what like, you oh. dream of as a parent, right? Well, it really is. I mean, and that's same with like my son, Chase, who I'm here in Vegas with, you know, out of all his friends, people he knows, he asked me, I don't know, three months before his birthday, he's like, Hey dad, any chance you'd take me to Vegas for my 21st? I mean, another tearjerker moment. How do you say no to that? Like Vegas isn't my favorite place, but one thing that Chase and I really have shared for a lot of years is the passion to play poker. Um, we love to play Texas Hold'em and, you know, recreationally, we're nothing, we're not, we're not that great at it, but it's a lot of fun. And it's just anything, as you know, that you can find to relate with your kids and spend additional time with them, keep them off their devices and focused on spending time together is I'm all in as long as it's positive, healthy stuff. So, well, we sure appreciate you guys opening up camp and giving the shirk boys an opportunity to just kind of be sponges and learn and we have a long way to go but boy what an experience so a couple of things i learned this year uh even walking out to a stand you guys love to walk single file and single file only why is that <laughs> um kind of comes of a habit that my dad taught me his grandpa taught him uh not only walking single file but you're trying to mimic the other guy's step when he steps forward with his left foot you should be stepping forward with your left foot um as nerdy as that sounds it kind of it kind of mimics what a deer walks like um we do it a lot when we're out west elk hunting just and then that way when one guy's stepping you're both stepping and you're and simultaneously you're not stepping you can hear so like if you're trying if you're walking along with somebody and they're shuffling their feet along making all sorts of noise you can't hear anything and me and my dad i would have to say are like well-oiled machines like hunted out west the last seven years together the minute i freeze or he freezes the other guy freezes too so like if you're consciously paying attention to how they're walking well, then all of a sudden, you know, cause it's very important to, with how well the, the animals camouflage into the woods to be able to try to spot them before they spot you, try to hear them before they hear you. Um, so that, that is, that's a big reason why as silly as that might sound, it's worked for us. I mean, I'm sure other people might have other theories on it, but that's been our, uh, our practice for some time now. And acorn spray is another part of the routine. I mean, the Shirks now own a bottle of it. <laughs> it is. Um, you know, you, you, you realize what works. I, I would have to say what has made me, I feel, a, a better hunter is archery hunting. 
because you have to get so up close and personal with animals. Um, and you realize what works and what doesn't I've taken all the, you know, scent blocker sprays and stuff like that. Um, and you go, you all of a sudden you'll have a deer that will be coming in and they cross your path and they sniff and they lock up and they turn around the way they came. And I spray the bottom of my boots. I spray up my leg. I mean, I'm pretty conscientious about that and washing my clothes and keeping things just so, um, and then a while back, there was this little red bottle at the time of acorn spray and we tried it and huh, had some deer cross my, the trail I walked in on and it didn't phase them. Tried it again, tried it again. And it continuously keeps working. So it, to me, it's tried and true. Um, I actually just found on Amazon, a company that makes organic acorn spray and they basically, um, create the oils. And so I mix that in with my scent blocker sprays and, kind of create a little, uh, more organic scent. And just, I've had a lot of success and this year proven because that buck that came walking in, came walking and crossed my path in two different locations with his nose to the ground. And he did not, he did not know I was there. That's amazing. What else? What is another key? What is another trick to your game that works so well? The number one tip I could give to somebody is, wind 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 and more wind um I've, as much as i love hunting certain stands and i i'm a huge fan of the app weatherbug um not just for weather but it is the most accurate wind report app there is out there so you can go on the click on the hourly setting and it'll sit there and tell you, you know, okay, at 3 PM, it's a Southwest wind, but by five o'clock, it's going to rotate to a Northeast wind. It's pretty spot on. It truly is. So then that will determine what stand I'm going to sit in, how I'm going to walk through the woods. Um, it's, I, they have all the things out there, these ozone machines and all the scent lock stuff. I've, I've owned it all. There's nothing that can fool these animals noses it's uh the wind is everything so i choose what stand i'm gonna hunt based on the wind which i'm looking at days ahead of time i knew i knew opening morning exactly where i was gonna sit before before anything because first thing it is looked at the weather bug app and saw what the wind was gonna do and that's how i made my decision that is as long as Chase wasn't going to steal my spot, but I wasn't going to tell him that he had a good spot with the right wind too. So of course, <laughs> and, and, and the idea of the wind is just that you, if you think a deer is going to come from a specific direction, you don't want the wind at your back heading that direction. Yeah, correct. I mean, if you think they're bedding in this swamp or they typically come from this area, you don't want the wind blowing directly into that area with you sitting on the downward wind side of that. So there's some strategy involved in that. Um, I think I, I find it very important. They, the, another great way to beat that is they're, they're making some really impressive box stands now these sealed up um i can't think of the name of some of them but they you know they just they are incredible 
And that's another great way to conceal your scent in and be able to try to feel, uh, fool those deers as nose. I mean, it, it that's the works. name of the game. Or if they know you're there, they're not coming in and you're not going to see anything. All right. Last question. And then I'll let you go. Actually, I lied. I have three questions, but last one on the topic of deer hunting favorite round. If you had to pick one, what do you mean? Route round. Oh, round gun rifle round. Ooh. Yep. Um, man, I would have to say my new favorite has been the 270 short mag. I won the gun at a Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. Didn't even really know that round existed. And it has been an absolute deer slayer for me. Um, most ethical round I found like the, it's got a little more powder behind the bullet. I love the 270 round. I just, I've, I've really realized that. Um, so yeah, I'd have to say the 270 short mag is a, is a great round that has impressed me a lot. And I know there, I'm not a gun expert by any means. Number one thing is you just got to make a good shot and. And the rest will take care of itself. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Two questions. I always ask guests and I expect this to be a good little practice with you. Um, the first thing is, do you have one piece of outdoor gear? that is so dear to your heart, whether it is a fishing rod that you made memories with, a bow, your grandfather's tent, whatever it might be, what what one piece of gear, outdoor gear, do you covet more than anything else? That's a really good question. Um, I would have to say my 3030 Winchester. My dad bought it for me as my first gun and I pass it on to my son, Chase. It, uh, it's a very safe 30, 30. It's a it's lever action with a hammer. A lot of times, you know, it, uh, those can be, a, I feel a little unsafe. This one actually has a slide safety on it. So I call it like a double safety. Um, yep. that, that, the gun means a ton to me. Uh, when my dad gave it to me, it uh, meant the world to me. And I gave it to Chase. And this year, I even gave him the option to try one of my newer rifles. And he's like, nope, nope, this is the gun I want. And so wow. I know that uh, it means a lot to him as well. What a moment. All right. The second question. Talk about one moment outdoors that changed you. Just one little snapshot in time that has just always stuck with you. Oh, man. If, if we're talking deer hunting, because that's what this show is about, um, I would have to say the time that I, I saw this huge buck out on the land that we were hunting, I think we kind of told you that story. Later, the neighbor saw it and told my dad it was a 14 pointer with double drop tines. My dad was hunting a different piece of property that with my uncle Todd and this farm hadn't been hunted in 20 years. Um, kind of told you the story about how the neighbor was shooting into our woods and scared all these deer my way. And I 
saw this particular buck in the thicket. I didn't know it was a buck at the time, but there are all these other deer running down in the swamp. And, um, so I cranked my scope up and this is a mistake. I've people probably know where I'm going with this. Crank my scope up to nine on that 30, 30. And I'm looking at these deer and they're about 150 yards away. And that, and that big boss comes out 40 yards broadside and turns and I swing around. Well, when you look in the scope, it's black as night. Well, I thought, you know, buck fever kicks in. I thought that it was the deer and I shot five shots at him at between 40 to 60 yards. He went out into the cornfield, turned broadside. This gun, particular gun holds six, six bullets. And he was about 150 yards out there. Keep in mind, I was 21 years old at this time and I had one, one bullet left in the chamber and I thought I needed to raise up over his back. And so I did. And I watched the dirt in the cornfield poof, and he was gone. And that moment forever haunted me, made me respect deer hunting, but also it, it also made me so that I'm obsessed with it because it was just such a majestic moment and one that got away. Honestly, it, uh, it was, he was a true giant. That's such a great story. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Jared. Uh, uh, do I dare ask how the tables have been in Las Vegas? Well, currently I, um, asked the dealer, I told him that I was doing this and that I could be away from the table for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. I kid you not right before I walked away, I got into a hand. I hit a King high flush against, he had a straight and I stacked him. He had 500 bucks in front of him. And so his 500 is sitting in front of me and I'm about to walk back in there and he's probably ready for a chance to get some of that back. So I'm doing well. Chase is, I think he's down a couple hundred bucks, but we'll see. We'll see when I get back in there. Tough Tough lessons learned. I love it. Yeah, it's good for them. The gambling's a, a recreational thing, you know, with the young man that, uh, you know, it's learning his way. I tell him, I go, these are good lessons. Like, I wouldn't get, uh, I would definitely gamble within your means. I love it. So, well, I'll see yeah. you in the deer stand sooner versus later. Well, I'll see you and the boys this upcoming weekend for second week in a rifle. Oh. And we'll, uh, we'll, Get a couple big bucks in front of you. Yeah, you didn't know that the second week of rifle is also the big Eden Prairie hockey tournament. Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah, well, <laughs> there you go. Next year. Next year's youth on. It's the life we live. Jared Worth, yep. thanks for the time. Appreciate thanks, you. Thanks, Bill. So there you go. That's the Minnesota Bound podcast, the stories behind the stories. I'd like to thank all the sponsors who help us get to you every week. Grain Belt. Heat Hog, Lakes Gas, the Minnesota Propane Association, North Dakota Tourism, Star Bank, and of course, our good friends at Connecticut. Until next week, don't forget to introduce a kid to the great outdoors. I'm Bill Shirk, the man about the woods, out. (laughs) 